Welcome to the Built From Within podcast, your number one online trainer podcast. And I am your host, Chris Berrigini, and I'm so grateful for you guys who are tuning in. I run an online coaching space called Built From Within. I run my own facility along with the supplement company inside my gym. This podcast is for those who are looking to finally can take control of their mind and body without dumb diets and unsustainable workouts. I am looking to help change a thousand people's lives through fitness. My goal is to get you guys to understand fitness is beyond just a goal. It's something that's built from within. And while going through a fitness journey, I want to give you the knowledge to look within, to love yourself from within, and to create action to tap into your true power. Using my clients' success stories that's backed by data and countless client transformations, I want you to feel empowered and sexy again, and you might be All right, so what's going on, guys? So we are back with another episode here. And now this one's going to be kind of fresh. All right, so I think this year I've been trying to bring on a lot more guests, just inspiring women, you know, people in the space of fitness and just people that kind of understand what fitness has done for them. So with this one, um, it just seems right. It just seems fitting, right? It's one of the OG clients. I'm super excited for this one. So Beatrice, what's going on, girl? Nothing much. Just <laughs> Sunday, fun day. I yeah. Today and here I am now. Absolutely. Ready to yes. bring. So you are the first client that I have brought on the podcast thus far. <laughs> how's how, how does that feel? <laughs> uh, I'm nervous. Why are you nervous? I don't know what this is gonna bring out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh i would say that's a good thing um but yeah i'm excited for this one i think uh so sunday you said you were kind of just meal prepping and kind of just getting yourself prepared for the week right yes yeah that's what i did i did my breakfast lunches and dinners oh wow that was a lot of cooking about four hours i i don't doubt that but four hours and it's like you know it's it's that peace of mind that you're about to have throughout the week of not having to kind of think about what you're going to eat um the need to spend money and it forces you to actually eat those meals because food's already made it's actually i've noticed that now with my kid in sports when i come home and i'm starving that food i could just pop it in the microwave and go and it's been a lifesaver actually the last two weeks that i've actually been doing it and consistently doing it Mm, so how good does it feel to kind of prioritize yourself with fitness and just the entire journey again? I It feels great. I am so happy that I'm actually sticking to it, especially with my meal preps, because I'm, I'm the one that would work out and not eat the right stuff. Mm. So stick into it this time around. Um, and I have lost five pounds in the 11 days. Which is insane. Um, crazy you see oftentimes i feel like a lot of people just kind of they're expecting and they're almost thinking so much about the goals of losing weight and just the you know how much stuff they actually have to do on a fitness journey and in reality like if they just did more doing like how rewarding and how much work can actually be done in an 11 day time period um which that's still like super cool. Um, but yo, I, I actually want to touch now that you said that, like how important is it to be 
have like have those meals available to you and to have a structure with your own that allows you to be able to have the space for your son and be active with sports because you yourself are taken care of. So it's actually been very helpful. And like I said, it's been one to like, I have my, all my snacks. I have all my protein shakes. I have everything already set up. I will post that on, on Instagram. I was going to say Snapchat later. Mm -hmm a picture of how organized it looks <laughs> um it's been good it's like i go to work i just put everything in my lunchbox and i head out um work is actually where i struggle the most is um actually eating my meals at work most of the time because we get cater lunch every day mm. and that's a struggle but i am I t I'm talking to myself and I'm like, if there's a goal that you want to reach and you have to stick to what you have, what, you know, because you, you could, I could go grab salad and I could go grab proteins from there, but who knows what they're cooked with. So, Absolutely. um, I know I am doing the low fats and at home, I'm only using the fat free sprays. So that's what I keep telling myself, like, if you you don't know what they're putting in their food so it could be protein and it could be just salad or whatever and use a fat-free or low-fat dressing but really you don't know what you're putting in there so in your body there so that's what I've, I've been sticking to I've been trying to just and when I get home because I have a long day I go to work at seven and I don't get back home till probably 7 30 almost eight um mm. that's like straight from work to pick up my kid to go to the baseball field or basketball practice so so if anything meal prepping has actually just kind of made your life a little bit easier it has it has definitely um like my kid would be the one to be like hey can we just stop and get food and i'm like no we're not we're you not stopping However, had I not been meal prepping, I would probably be like, yep, let's go. Mm. Something so, to eat. So I, that has helped me and him because I'm trying to keep him on a healthier path as well. Wow. And you see, like, that's one of the coolest things is, like, the impact that a fitness journey could have, especially when you have kids. It's like you literally teach them. And I, I, I believe weight loss is – um, for a lot of people is definitely the environment and the parents, you know, because kids can't feed themselves, um, even until they get nine, 10 years old. I mean, if they know how to cook, like you still physically have to buy the food. Um, so I blame a lot of weight loss um, on the parents. Right. And, and that's a that's a juicy topic. And some parents might be a little offended by that. But like, that's the reality. And a lot of times uh, I wouldn't say I'm blaming the parents like, hey, it's like 100 percent your fault. A lot of it could be exactly what we're going to talk about today, which is like environment based and the history of your family and you know um so definitely let's dive into that because i feel like we started off on a very good note as far as like where you're at now and kind of seeing who you are as a mom and as an individual now but let's take it back and let's go to the past a little bit like how did you get into fitness what was it like before the built from within air how was that journey for you and then where we're at you know kind of getting into fitness like this is where we consider fitness like to this level so where did that start for you 
So I'm going to go back to my early 20s. I'm 30 now. So mm. back to my 20s, I started, I gained so much weight overall. I think mainly it was because of the, my lifestyle. I was in my x-ray program and no time for anything that I thought back then. I was um I was eating out, eating out, eating out and I would work, come home, eat late. I was at a point that I would get off work at 2 a.m. I I worked at a call the call center. Mm. Um and anything, no, no kind of nutrition. As there was no nutrition in my in my meals or anything like that. So I gained all this weight. I went all the way up to two hundred and I think it was fifty pounds then. Mm-hmm. Um, lost the weight through a keto diet, about fifty to sixty pounds. Then I. I got I got pregnant I and then I had my son. I lost the weight. I went down to 180 then. And then all of a sudden I started having issues with my blood pressure. My my diet wasn't great again. I got to say that. And then all the medications they put me in for the blood pressure led me to gain I think it was like 30 pounds even more mm-hmm. weight on top of that just because it caused me to fatigue it caused me to have tachycardia so I couldn't be as active as I wanted to so here we go to the I know the dreaded weight loss surgery that you hate hearing about but um I decided I was done with medications and I just wanted a lifestyle change but I didn't know where to start so I just went into the weight loss surgery because that was going to be my easy way out. Mm. So that well, decision for you, like what was the mindset going into that surgery? I wanted to lose weight because I know that I do have polycystic kidneys, mm. but also with my weight gain, it just caused my blood pressure to spike. I was at a hypertensive crisis. My blood pressure was like 180s over one some 111 I think I think was my highest that I recall um my heart rate just from walking like probably 10 steps was spiked in tachycardia to about 180 I remember I worked at the hospital then and I would just I went to the ER and I was like what is wrong with me and they told me just stop taking this medication and I was like well if I stop taking this medication my blood pressure is gonna go out of whack again so, and then I was like, you know what? This is not for me. I was only, I believe, 27 at the time. Um, And I was like, I'm just going to go have weight loss surgery. Mm. My husband, on the other hand, was diabetic. Mm. He didn't know it. We both were, well, we are still overweight, but consider overweight. But we were obese, morbidly obese at that point. Mm. Um. My highest weight was 263 pounds. And how tall um, are you? I'm 5'6", almost 5'7", I think, if I go right. But let's say 5'6". <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. yes, he was He was like, well, if you, if you, I, let's go. I said to him, if you get weight loss surgery, I'll get weight loss surgery to support you. Because mm. I honestly, I always 
I always said I would never get weight loss surgery. Never say never. Because here I am. Um, yeah. So I got the weight loss surgery. I lost 90 pounds at six months. I am no longer um, under any medications but vitamins. I am no longer hypertensive. And six months later after my weight loss surgery, I met you mm. through Heidi. And that's where I was like, I can't do this. There's no way. There's no Ooh. way I can. There's no way I can do these exercises. <laughs> All the no's. Okay. Me. I wanna I wanna slow down one second here because this is this is good so far. So the mindset going into that surgery. So basically, where you're at is I, I didn't know the part about the supporting your husband part. That is super uh super cool um and valuable to you guys so that shows a lot about your guys chemistry but the second one being you know you for you um it was the not having enough energy it was the not seeing the way out and for you it was more so like you saw your health declining and you just got proactive it was like this is the way out and you know you kind of felt like maybe you didn't have the necessary knowledge at your disposal yet and you kind of like well this is it um and, and you kind of just accepted that and you didn't you didn't really look back yes yeah, so when I got to that point to I was at the at a I was at a loss there I was like I'm only 27 years old I am just gaining weight by the minute I would say um because of the medications made me so sedentary at that point like I couldn't I could barely walk um without having heart rate issues or all that so then my brain went to where my husband said, considered a weight loss surgery. I was like, you know what? I'll do it with you. So we did. We did it about eight weeks apart. Mm. Um, mind you, when he had his, he was in so much pain. <laughs> almost canceled mine. Uh, and and the- how, how was the recovery with that? Like for a lot of people that know. So what is the name? It's uh of the surgery procedure. So there are areas different. There there is different kinds. Um, I had the gastric sleeve, which is mm. VSG. Um, I can't get vertical gastro something like that. But so they basically VSG, cut off like what sixty percent of your stomach. They cut eighty. Eighty. Eighty percent of your stomach. So the recovery with that. It's, uh, I mean, it's still a surgery, so it's still a big procedure. Like when I did my procedure or did, uh, had it, you know, it's a 19 hour surgery. So adjusting to normal food, like everything changes. You're tired, your body's sore, you're not hungry. So explain that to you with 80% of your stomach. You know, how was recovering? I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the, what the hardest part was the pre-op diet, Mm -hmm. having a stomach and having to do two weeks of full liquids mm. with all the cravings in your head, with all that, that was hard. That mm. was like the hardest. I believe After- that. It's uh, very similar to prep. When you have no carb and you're like, I want all no. this food and you can't have another. <laughs> Protein shake for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like, mm. like or broth. Oh. Because I have broth. um yeah not fun that was the hardest part of the whole surgery 
Mind you, I did it around Christmas time, December 20th. Oh, so during all the holidays and all the good food. And wow, that's that's hard. So a lot of people said, you really want this to me. I was like, you are determined. Like, sorry, if you hear the basketball, let me close the door. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, they were, they were telling me how determined I was to have this. Um, and I was like, well. I need this. At this point, it was more of a medical necessity to me and my brain than to than to be fit or fabulous or have the best body because a lot of people do it for the for the, the skinny factor. Let's call yeah, it that. Yep, the hype. I see this, and yeah. that's why um, you guys heard her message that I didn't like the surgery. Um, and we talk about this all the time. That's why it's kind of a joke to us, even though it's not. Um, it's a joke to us, though. And, and I say this as a joke because she has been my only client that we've successfully been able to change the identity and change the relationship that she has with food and training with the procedure that happens. Because you got to think, like, you losing 80% of your stomach, you're, you're going to be a different person. And you, and you need to become someone different. So the very things and the habits and the lifestyle that you had that were a byproduct of you getting overweight, because people don't just magically get overweight. It's the environment, it's the stress, it's the everything going on in your environment all together. And you're trying to juggle all these things. And eventually you just kind of start dropping them. That's what happens with overweight um, that I see with clients. But you've been the only one that's successfully been able to do that. Um, I've coached like over 10 and none of them have understood that, you know, like you're not normal anymore. And I tell the clients this because that's the same mindset I have when I had my surgery, how I was able to learn how to walk again when they told me I would never walk is I never believed the narrative, but I never believed that I wouldn't be able to walk because I believed and I understood and I accepted that like, I'm different. I'm like, gonna walk like you know i got like this you know uh <laughs> this penguin walk that the, the crip walk i know that this is going to be different i fully accepted it so you very early fully accepted it and then you know even after you know the the, the period after then you were looking for the next level because you knew very much so like the decision with the surgery you knew that this was you know the only way out and now you have it and now you're like, well, I need to find a way to continue to be able to do this. But before we get into that component, because that'll be like just as much value. I also wanted to touch on, and this is where we're going to get a little real and deep here too, of the long lines of, all right, so w- w- for those of you that are tuning in, obviously she's Hispanic and she said her and her husband are overweight. So how much, and we talk about environment all the time, how much do you think your environment growing up caused the you being comfortable and the standards that you had growing up led up to your weight loss or weight gain? I'm going to be very honest. Uh, I, I never saw vegetables as I was growing up. Big time. Uh, it was rice, beans, anything like obviously a protein with it, but I don't know if it was because I was a picky eater myself mm-hmm. or it was at this point, I can't recall if it was just like 
I remember like my mom would do like mixed veggies and I didn't like them and I still mm -hmm. don't like them. so um <laughs> so honestly a lot had to do with what I grew up on um and oh and did that play a role in like you know the family tree aspect like you weren't the only one that was overweight oh no my sister was the, um the first one to have well one of my sisters actually there's three sisters that have so, had it let's go back to 2000 and i think 2005 I think, yes, because it was the year of my nephew, or 2004. Anyway, 2004, my sister was one of the first to have a bariatric surgery mm. at what is called the RNY, and it was a, it's, um, that one is where they reroute your small intestine, they cut your stomach, they do a whole lot there. Her incision was literally about seven inches long wow. in, on her stomach because this is way before all the robotic surgeries and all that laparoscopic. Wow. Back then, I was probably 10 or 11. And I remember seeing that. And I'm like, why are you doing this? Little I know, here I'll be. So I yeah. would say definitely. It comes with the family and how we grew, we grew up, and there was no knowledge of nutrition. Um, I, I definitely think that's that's definitely a component too. But I also think it's like you know you kind of grow up when you see that around you. You kind of grow up numb to it in the sense of like, hey, like this is kind of normal. Like you know, if you at ten years old, you know, you might have saw that like confused as it's like, yo, like why is she getting the surgery? Like you know. Uh, what's going on, but you didn't see that her being overweight was the reason she's getting the surgery and that's what caused it. Like, right. so you become numb to the idea because like everything around you, the environment that you have, they support that behavior and that lifestyle. Whereas if you had this lifestyle, this very lifestyle that you had now, you probably could have been a difference maker in the sense of like, hey, like, she does this. Why do I have to do this? So you kind of, you know, the narrative would have changed because now you're challenging that environment. Um, so that's really what I was getting at. Yes. And then years down the road, my sister, I would say about eight years ago, my sister ended up having a gastric sleeve. My other sister, let's just say my oldest. Wow. So, uh, and then she saw that I was obese already. So I just kept dieting and doing all these fat diets, the keto diet, this and that. All the bad stuff. I would lose it because I, I would lose like 50, 60 pounds. Yeah. But, but how, how did you feel? I, uh, it was. It was I a was, short fix. It was the weight at the moment. But when I got tired of it, I went back to my old ways. Mm. So what I would just gain it back, if not more. Mm. So this is the thing I always tell people, as funny as this might sound, fad diets are like really bad sex. It's very good for the 30 seconds. 
in the 30 seconds, it's the greatest thing ever. You step on the scale, you're feeling good. You lost 30 to 50 pounds. And then after it's over, there's, there's no connection. There's no connection with yourself. There's no connection with the what that weight loss has done for you. So therefore, you go back to what was comfortable. You go back to what really had the connection and what felt good. Yeah, so I did. Yeah, I did the five diets and I was like, no, I don't need surgery. I don't need weight surgery. But then I got to this point to where I was I was over the medications. My husband's was diabetic. He also had high blood pressure. And oh I was God. like, if you do this, I'll just do it with you. So it's easier on both of us uh, to maintain our lifestyle. So we did. It's been two years since we did it. Um, He lost 100 pounds. I lost about 90, but I have to say, I lost so much muscle with it. Mm. I gained about 10 pounds since my lowest weight, and but I am gaining muscle. So, okay. Um, okay. So now we at, can. What I'm is it? Still, I'm mad at the scale because I hate <laughs> seeing it, but I understand. Worse. Yeah, I'd say, you know, that's, and then you hate the scale because it's just a level of trauma that you're still going to have to, to undo. And that's the thing too, like you understand it now, you understand that that's a, that's a, a you know, let's say it's a trigger at that, but you're working through that because now you're more comfortable and, you know, what you are working towards and you have the direction to go. So now let's talk. So now we know the full story and what gets someone, because uh, that's the kind of the interesting component I want to cover is like, no one just gets overweight because they get lazy, right? They get overweight, you know, the environment, uh, uh, something happened to them, like whatever the case may be. Like I always tell it, you know, people, you're trying to juggle too many things and you drop something and you drop something and that thing is, you know, taking care of yourself in a lot of, in a lot of cases. Um, so now you've had the surgery, you went through the recovery, um, only liquid diet. And then shortly after you were like, yo, like this isn't going to be conducive. Like I need to figure out something. And then you found me. So how was that next step? So I had lost all the weight at this point, about 90 pounds then. Um, but I, I was happy quote unquote with the scale. Um, I still wanted to lose even more and I wanted to, my goal weight at this point was, I think I was in one seventies and the, my goal weight was 155 at this point. Um, because I'm going by the BMI and the scales and I'm still considered overweight. And that, like you said, it's a trauma mm -hmm. because of this, like, I don't want to be this. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be considered this. You know, all the stuff that goes in the head, in my head, I'm like, so I wanted to be at one around 155. Everybody kept telling me that I was getting too skinny, that I was, um, that I wasn't going to look healthy. Everybody that comments on all, everything, it, it would get me mad. It would get me pissed off. Um, everybody would be like, why, um, are you supposed to eat this? Are you supposed to eat that? Are you like all mm. the questions because nobody really understands, uh, bariatric body or stomach at this point i have to be very clear a lot of people have what they call dumping syndrome and i have never experienced dumping syndrome which is probably like if you eat something and it hits you wrong it may cause either diarrhea or vomiting i have not experienced that ever um 
like and at the same time I'm like man I was expecting that because that would stop me from eating foods that that I didn't want to eat anymore mm. but, but so, yeah. now I, I seen that, you know, I'll touch that a little too. So, you know, people kind of that don't understand this, like, yeah. So sometimes with some of these uh, clients that have, you know, take 80% of their stomach, sometimes certain foods, like when they eat too much or they get too full or they drink too much liquids, like they'll literally just puke it up because they only have 20% of their stomach. So like when we get full, like in a food coma and you feel like you have to throw up, that's how they feel if they just, let's say, eat a half a steak you know like that's how they can get for some of these so she said you know she hasn't experienced anything like that which is oh, i think I, I think pretty rare i mean all the other ones i spoke to they definitely like had to learn how to eat because they throw up all the time um and male and female yeah i did have to learn how to even sip water afterwards <laughs> I, they gave me a medicine cup and i remember i chugged it and that was the worst pain of my life because i had that i had to sip on that medicine cup my water wow uh, that was um after the procedure I, it was it was definitely learning my body all over again for sure wow. but then and... go, ahead. go ahead oh no i was good um, yeah you're good <laughs> <laughs> no but uh, let's just jump forward to i would say the training jumping in the training aspect like complete new identity new structure i hated it Mm -hmm. every i started with the home workouts i started um i would just push myself with no motivation to just because i i knew i had to do it i knew that my lifestyle needed a change um so yes i took that leap for the surgery but that was not just uh that wouldn't fix it all this was that the next, this was the so you had the i consider it like you had the decision, and now this was the courageous decision, which was really doing the work. Correct. Yes. Like that helped me to become a healthier version of myself, but that's just a quick fix if you don't follow through with it. Mm -hmm. And I point like I knew that I needed to follow through with it because I didn't just go through all this surgery and all this process just to go back. Yep. So, and for context, like, so basically, when she first enrolled, you know, she was, you know, gym anxiety was there. Time wasn't on her side. So we put her on a home program, which is basically the accumulation of four days. And then when she got really good about, you know, week six, we were working out five days from home. Um, and she did that for about 12 weeks. And then I was like, yo, hey, get a gym membership. I'm not subscribing you to any more home workouts. Like you're going to fucking gym. Um, you're ready for the next level. And if you want to take it to the next level, like we talked about, and you want these things and you expect these things this needs to happen so we put you in a gym um and that's when what shift happened there like i think that was like the radical shift for you where now you understood like this is the next level and i gotta because like you said you didn't really like the home workouts it was hard because you're at home you can see you know one time you said you sat at home for an hour in the garage just kind of you know so uh you needed the next level i would sit on the bench staring at the weights <laughs> Hating every second of it, but I just knew I would spend more time looking at the workout than doing it. Mm. So I hated it. The home workouts were not for me, but I did it. I graduated my, my 12 week program and then I just went to uh, 
one of the gyms, local gyms here. And I started going there and I was okay. I was I started going at in, in the afternoons, in the evenings. Mm. And I oh hell no, this is not for me. <laughs> not loving it. Then I discovered the 5 a.m. workouts. And that was that's my main my prime time, to be honest. Even There's though a lot I was people in the gym. No, I would have never thought that. But and so uh, I want to touch there too. Like, so for new clients who are listening, like you see, she did things she didn't like. She did things that were uncomfortable and she tried them. And when something didn't work, we made an adjustment. So graduated from home workouts. She didn't like it. Got into the gym. Got into the gym throughout that process. Like, you know, she's 100% online coaching at that. So I'm looking at everything, but there's also a level of she has to make decisions herself. So she made a decision. She's in the gym and you figuring it out as you go. Like no one's going to like just kind of figure this out. You have to go do the work and figure out what works for you. So she went into gym time. Obviously, if you go between 5 and 8 p.m. Every time, that's going to be prime time for the gym. So she was like, not enough time, not conducive, maybe gym anxiety, whatever it was, annoyed. Now she goes at 5 a.m. and now she loves it. And how is the relationship now and how do you like training now? Now that you've you know, gotten to the point where you're starting to love yourself and you're really starting to really like working out. Like you enjoy working out. I watch you I work out. Work. Working out is such an outlet right now for me. I never thought I would say that. I was just recently out for two months and man, I started to lose myself. But then I was like, once I got clear from my surgery, I was like, I am going back full force, stopping. Yeah, and so she just, you just got back after having a uh, foot surgery. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Yeah, that like a, <laughs> just stepped, stepped on a, a, what was it, a sewing needle? Sewing got stuck needle. in her foot? Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. And, yeah. but during that time, you know, I, I kind of think like that was, that might've even been like one of God's purposes to put you in like, yo, like this thing, like it took you out. Like, how are you going to respond to this? You know, that you like this thing. And I, I always tell people like on a journey, you're going to get hit with a level of like adversity and you're going to get hit. And that's like the world uh, and the journey itself kind of testing you. Like how bad do you really want this? Oh, let's take it all away and see what you do and how you respond now you're doing it you know you're training uh you know what is it about four days a week right now and how do you feel like how do you feel with everything now like with your body with the training with just the structure that you have like i feel like i owe my body um my body has put me through so much and then but it's also getting me out of so many situations as well so i need to fuel my body i need to strengthen my my muscles i need to become the best version of myself honestly and it's just been it's been a a journey for sure i mean i think we're at 18 months that we've been training not counting those two months that i was out but um but i'm like at this point i'm like it feels so good to be able to be to perform what I thought I would never be able mm. to. And honestly, at this point, it's just now I'm like, I want to get better. I want to, how do I fix this? I need to do this. Um, I need to learn. And now it's more, I'm taking a mind over matter. I'm, I'm working on correcting my, my technique, correcting the, working out the correct muscle. Mm. Like, 
thinking about what I'm doing. It's, it's not, not just chasing the profit, put more weights on. It's not, it's not it's just not. going to say, oh, I finished my workout, but then I finished correctly. But yeah. then I'm thinking out the what I'm supposed to. Is my technique correct? Like, so now I'm getting more in, into techniques and and just now, I don't know. It's just different now. You're just, just more focused. You're locked in right now. Focused. Yeah. Which is which is good, and and I, I I'll leave it with this. So if they're trying to look you up and find you on social media, like uh, you know, what's your Instagram so they can check out your story because you do a great job in kind of documenting your story, which is super big. I think you can even uh, continue to document it a little harder because I think there's a lot of people that have that surgery and they're not typical leaders. Um, so where do they find you, and then what has been the thing with Bill from within that's kind of stood out the most to you that you're like. Yo, like, you know, maybe you're speaking to a girl that's, you know, kind of on the fence, ready to start, but she doesn't know where. All right. So I'm going to, my Instagram is V as in Victor, S G, which is the procedure underscore B, which is my name or my nickname, B E A. Um, and then what I would tell the girl that's on the fence to do it is to, to work out, I would say. Just go for it, girl. Hmm. Go for it because you are not going to understand the beginning of it. You're going to be lost. You're going to be, but especially Chris, he's helped me so much that like, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now if it wasn't because, with his help, to be honest, and with Antonella also, the Built From Within team, even the group chats and all, there's so much encouragement going on. And it's, it's very helpful. And then, especially now with this challenge, we're just going for it. Everybody's <laughs> trying to get that, that price. But um, no, if you're on the fence for working out, I would definitely, I just, I definitely recommend just jump in. But just know it's not going to be easy. There's nothing easy about starting something. Um, still, so there's days that are, you're, you're not going to feel it. There's days that you're going to be like, but you know, you owe your body. And you owe it to your body, and you, you're not gonna get better if you don't keep doing what you're supposed to do. Mm. So, I I ended right there. She she dropped the mic. Yep, that's what I would say. Just go for it. So hopefully you guys got value from today's episode from the number one online trainer podcast built from within, where we talk about a variety of topics from mindset tips to personal development to business to fitness tips and really any topics to help you evolve into the highest version of yourself. And I promise you are going to leave with the shift in your mentality and perspective. Now, if you guys are looking to start your own journey, go to my Instagram page at Chris Bergini Fitness, hit the coaching application in the bio and DM me the word rise once you complete it. I will give you the necessary tools to permanently overhold your mind and body without dumb diets and unsafe workouts. One final ask here is hit the subscribe button, share it to your Instagram stories, and leave a five-star review.